This week, I'm opening up and sharing my end of your review. I'm going to share why it's important to me and the value that I find in doing it, the process and the tools that I use, and the main lessons that I'm taking from my review into the next year. Plus, I have an invitation for you, so it's a timely episode. I hope you'll tune in. Hey, I'm Amanda Jane, and this is where we help ambitious women make progress and use their time for what really matters. Together, we're busting productivity myths and shifting the dialogue to use productivity as a means to a purposeful and meaningful life. Welcome to More Ways. Let's rock. Hey, welcome to More Ways. I'm your host, Amanda Jane, and I am looking forward to chatting with you today because as we reach the end of the year, I find it just to be such a beautiful time to reflect, and I love doing an end of year review over the holiday season. I love carving out time just for me, taking my little time machine through the past year. It's not the only time that you can do this. January, maybe, after the holiday hubbub has been able to kind of quiet down, you can recap and look forward. Another great time to be able to do a review is around your birthday because it can be a bit of a dividing line from one kind of period or season into the next. I've been doing an end of year review for the past several years. I'm going to say officially probably seven or eight years I've done an end of year review and unofficially I've done some aspect of this for probably the past 15 years and every year they've looked different depending on what I need from the process. I find an end of year review to be a really nurturing, engaging, and enjoyable experience, which is probably why I continue to do it year after year. It's not an onerous task of recapping everything that took place over the last year. I give myself permission to enjoy the process and make it a really delicious time to focus on my own growth and learnings and and be hopeful about what I want for me and my year ahead. Now, the value of an end of year review is to identify where you are in relation to where you want to be next. Just like if you're traveling and you want to get to one place and you're in another you have to be able to identify where you are. That's why when you see a map and there's no, you know, here, you are here circle, it takes longer. It's more difficult to orient yourself and navigate to where you want to go next. So the end of your review gives you this checkpoint to kind of evaluate and check in on how you're doing and what, if anything, needs adjusting. For my review, I complete it as a written kind of reflection in the first part of my journal for the next year. Now, for you, it doesn't have to be written. You could use a voice recorder app on your phone or like a, something like Otter, or you can even just do a mental review. For me, I find that the for me, I find the things I write down stick in my brain better. I also really love to look back at even past reviews and see the trajectory and the patterns in my life. I would encourage you to carve out some space and time that's unrushed and that feels really sacred 
to dedicate yourself to this reflection because it's going to serve you now and going forward. So try not to squeeze it into the cracks between every other activity throughout your day. I look forward to really indulging myself in this time capsule exercise and doing this kind of reorientation. So invite yourself to a space and time like a, you know, a favorite chair or a coffee shop, or maybe even soaking in a really nice hot bath with a beverage of your choice and a sweet treat. Really give yourself the mental space to enjoy this reflection and what it's going to produce for you. So I carve out a few hours and sometimes I break it up over several days or even weeks because once I start asking myself some of these questions, my mind continues to work on them, even when I'm not conscious of it. So sometimes things will come up later on and I'll have to jot some new notes down. If this is a new practice for you and you're not in a habit of doing a lot of reflecting, I would suggest starting with a really simple end of your review, using just a few questions and making it really doable for yourself, easy to complete and enjoyable so that the outcome that you get is really helpful for you going into the new year. Obviously, if you're going to do a review, that means you're going to have to look backwards. The tools that I use to help me remember and recall what have taken place over the past year are my photos, my calendar, and my journal. Now, again, I don't need to remember everything I did for the past 365 days. I simply like to get a bit of an overall view of the things that have happened, the lessons that I've learned the actions I've taken, projects I've started and finished, the people I've spent time with, the places I've gone. It raises me up to that, you know, 30,000 foot view of this past year. Don't rely solely on your memory because it is notoriously unreliable. Your memory is more tuned to things that happen more recently so what happened 10 months ago will be much harder to recall than what happened two weeks ago. And you're going to want a bit of a, you know, a full view of everything that's taken place. And your memory also offers up the really extreme things more quickly. Anything that was a high high or a low low will come to mind really quickly. But because our lives are made up of much more than that, a great deal of is spent in the middle of the bell curve, you know, things we planned and did and moved on from. And when I did my review, I was reminded of the new, the new bikes that we got this year. And when they showed up, it was super exciting. And I was so delighted. We used them a ton, but currently they aren't out of season. And it was this really like out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. So when I went back through my photos, it was something that came back up to the top and offered actually a new perspective. When I started doing review, my review, I had thought that I was outside or active, not as much as I wanted to be. And then the evidence actually showed a delightful surprise that I actually spent a great deal more outside and active than what I recalled. Your memory also will offer up more negatives because those are more dangerous for you and your brain wants to keep those memories 
easily accessible so that you don't do that again. Anything that didn't turn out as planned or was a disappointment or was painful will be much more quick to your recall. So to compensate for that, you may want to really purposefully seek out the positive and be on the lookout for the things that went well and the celebrations and the wins that you experienced. One thing I want you to know is that it is 100% in your power to decide the way that you want to view and characterize this past year. And also how you want to view yourself and how you were over the past 12 months. What do you want to be looking for as you do your review and reflect? Because that is what you will find. Your brain will search for the answers to the questions you ask. So be really mindful of the way that you frame your questions for your review. Your life is a reflection of the questions you ask. So if you want a better life, ask better questions. If you're asking things like, why didn't I get my shit together this year? (laughs) You will come up with an answer to that. And likewise, if you ask, how did I grow this year? You will come up with an answer for that. And the answers to these questions will fuel you forward or not. The responses will be encouraging and motivating, or they'll set you back and have you doubting yourself and shrinking away from what really is possible for you. You can find lots of lists of questions for an end of your review on Google, and I'm going to give you some of my favorites that can really shape and frame a great end of year review in order to set up your next year really well. I think there are let's see here, about eight or so of them. So if you'd like, you can jot these down or they'll also be in the show notes for you. So what were the most meaningful and impactful elements of the last year? What am I most grateful for? What were the biggest wins from the year? What were the biggest challenges that I overcame? How did I rise from those challenges and how did I change in the process? Who had the biggest positive impact on my life? Where and in which environments did I spend the most time? How did I spend my time and energy? What surprised me? What projects and ideas did I start and make progress on? Complete or set aside? And are these still important? And what are my biggest discoveries and learnings from the past year? This is the part of the review that I think is the most valuable and where I'm going to dive into what I've learned and what I'm taking into and building on really in the next year. Over the holidays, I started leafing through my journal from the year and looking for the lessons that I learned as a result. And I came up with five main ones that seemed to kind of culminate. The first lesson that I had to learn was about failure. And in fact, I needed to redefine it. It turns out that at the end of this year, I relate to failure in an entirely new way than I did at the beginning. Failure for me, thankfully, has lost all the emotionality that was attached to it. 
I no longer have a fear of failure. I might even say that failure no longer exists, but that sounds a little bit kind of too much like toxic positivity. So instead, I might say that failure exists and it holds no power over me. I've really come to realize that failure is a necessity of my growth and evolution. And in order to grow into a new space in my life, I must fail to receive the lessons I need for my next chapter. I learned this lesson through the course of several disappointing events over the course of the year that I would have classified as failures. And in retrospect, have really provided the lessons that fueled what I'm now capable of. The second lesson I learned this year is about outcomes and the outcomes that I create because of me and my actions. I've come to realize that I am 100% responsible for what I've created in my life and in my business. I'm responsible for the good and the less than good. So taking responsibility for the results and the outcomes that I have and that I don't have has been a lesson from this year that I'm really excited to expand on and take into the next year. This lesson has come from expanding my business and being, I think, further into my entrepreneurship journey and supporting others as they grow their business. It has become clear what outcomes are created and when they're not. And not because of hard work or effort, but because of taking responsibility and treating them like they're important. My third lesson is not a brand new learning, but something I've really refined and honed. And that's my knowledge and ability to share myself and my ideas without worrying what others will think. I began earlier this year with writing and later this year, obviously I've started this podcast. And while lots of people share online, not everyone is sharing new paradigms or perspectives that challenge the status quo, or even sharing themselves and their voices in a full way and taking up space. Trust me when I tell you that it's a really vulnerable act, and I've realized that not everyone is doing this. Now, that might sound like me tooting my own horn, and you know what? It is. My review gave me an opportunity to highlight what I'm able to do at the end of this year that I wasn't at the beginning. And that is cause for celebration. It is cause for the tooting of the horns. And now, like I said, this isn't a brand new lesson and it's not something that I woke up one day and was, you know, over worrying about what people think and created a podcast. There have been stepping stones that have helped me build to this place. There have been ways that I've honed my skills and taken the baby steps to be able to broadcast these important ideas and support ambitious women. And you know what? Hell, if I don't celebrate myself, who will? Who else knows the transformation that I've gone through this year to be able to launch and share myself on this podcast? Now, don't get me wrong, it's still scary to share my thoughts and ideas with you in this way, and it doesn't prevent me from being here in this arena anymore, and that matters. Which leads me right into number four, which I'm calling emotional sophistication, because this was not a year of ups 
I, I definitely had highs and some significant celebrations and wins, but not exclusively. I had some low lows and things that I struggled with, significant disappointment and heartbreak, and I had to learn to manage it in new ways, ways that would support me and what I want for the long term. This, again, is not brand new learning. It's not to say that I was throwing temper tantrums at the beginning of the year. But through this year, I learned a ton about what emotions are, how to think about emotions, and how my emotions feel and work, not only in my body, but in my life. And that made a big difference, and which leads me right into my fifth And final lesson, which is that I have to take action to learn and grow and create new things in my life, to create new circumstances. Because if I think that I have to wait before I can take an action, then I am creating the conditions for waiting. I learned that I am more capable of taking action despite circumstances than I ever knew. And taking action is critical to being able to move forward in my life with what I want. I saw in big ways how taking small actions creates new evidence of what's possible for me. Now, the clearest way that this lesson showed up this year was that I raised multiple six figures to buy a business this year. And the amount of self-doubt that I had to overcome to be able to do that was not unsubstantial. Things like, you've never done this before, and how do you think you're going to be able to do this? And all of the self-questioning and the self-doubt that came from the fact that I had never done this before. So I had no evidence that I could do it now. Every day, I had to get up and take some kind of hard action. Now, hard action. It's not as if this was challenging labor. It was overcoming the emotions. It was overcoming the self-doubt and the fear of what could happen. What if I can't? What if it doesn't work out? What if I'm not cut out for this? I'm not into fake it until you make it because I don't know that I can fake it to myself. I know what's true for me. And the fact that I hadn't done this before, I cannot fake. For me, it was having to acknowledge these valid concerns and these visceral fears and to take small incremental action anyways, so that I could create something new. And this is the lesson I'm most excited to take into the new year. Overall, I think the lessons about failure and outcomes, about letting go of what people think, and emotional sophistication, and the importance of taking action, all come together to create a picture for me, and it's a picture of courage. The only way that I would have been able to come up with this was because things were challenging, and not everything came out roses. It doesn't take a lot of grit and gumption to keep taking steps forward when things are smooth and easy. Every year gives us an opportunity to show us new things and help us see things in new ways if we take the time to look. And I think that that is the value in doing these kinds of year-end reviews. 
Once I finish my review, it really sets me up to start to look forward and identify what I want for the next year. I start by thinking about what I want to review at the end of next year. (laughs) So I kind of end up jumping a year from now and pretending to look back till today to think about what I want to see in my journal and my photos and my calendar at the end of next year. I come up with a one word theme for my year and several commitments that I think of as kind of the lines that keep me on the road for what I want. My commitments are how I want to feel and be as I go through the upcoming year. And they really help me keep my intentions. And then from there, I get really granular and decide on several projects that will help me maintain my commitments and get to the end of the year with even more growth and new lessons. For the last few years, I've really been collecting and honing these lessons and ideas. And this coming year, it's time to collate those lessons and share them. So I'm inviting you because I'll be hosting a training to help you take actions on the projects and ideas that have been waiting for you. This is going to be for women who have something that they've been wanting to do and haven't yet done. For those who say they're not using their time the way they really want to, or on the things that they say are important to them. They know that this can't wait any longer because this project or following through on this idea is going to make a difference for them and their family or their home or their community. For many, this has been on their to-do list for more than six months and the time management strategies or the productivity hacks haven't helped them take those courageous steps that are needed. If you're feeling like a multi-planner who has made plans but gets distracted and can't follow through on them, Then I have the training coming up in the new year and it's going to help you take action on the ideas and the projects that you say you want to do but aren't doing. And I'm doing it without more time management or goal setting because we know that these haven't worked and the training is going to be totally free. So if you want to be the first to know about the details, head on over to amandajane.ca forward slash action training and you can find more details and links in the show notes. I hope through this episode, I've been able to illuminate the value that I get from doing an end of year review, and you've been able to hear about some tools and questions, and you feel encouraged to do your own reflection, celebrate your own growth, and find the lessons that you can build on in the new year. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you so much for joining me this week. If you like today's episode, I invite you to head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. This lets Apple know that great listeners like you enjoy the show and it helps get the message out to more listeners. So your review really does make a difference. Thanks again for joining me, Amanda Jane, in this episode of More Ways. Until next time, rock on.